0: Hello and welcome to NDIS Know How, a podcast series that asks how can parents get the very best NDIS plan and sufficient funding to support their kid. This podcast is written and made by me, Melanie Dimmitt, the author of Special, and powered by HigherUp, a disability support platform connecting families like mine with top-notch support workers. I've got a bona fide NDIS expert on the pod with me this week in the form of Melbourne-based Carl Thompson. Carl is a former NDIS Local Area Coordinator, or LAC as they're known, and is currently the founder and director of NDIS Service Provider Sort Your Support. Carl is also an NDIS participant, so he knows this thing inside out from every angle. In this conversation, we take a deep dive into NDIS plan reviews, what they are, how to ask for them, and what the process looks like, from internal reviews to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal to kick things off, I ask Carl, what are the biggest challenges that people come to you with um, when they're dealing with the NDIS?
1: A really big problem I see is that people have an NDIS plan either for, for themselves or for their child uh, and they don't actually know what it means or what it can actually get them, what supports it can get them. So there's always a big disconnect I find between the planning conversation people have with a LAC or a planner and then the plan that they get. Um, And that's really a shame because um, the plan is really the the key for, for getting support. And so one thing that I do is explain what's in the plan and what the options are around supports.
0: I love that because, yeah, like you say, we get on the scheme. Certainly as a parent, you know, we were very new to the disability space. on the scheme but then we don't know how to action the plan no one holds your hand and says okay your child will need this this and this supports um so on that what are some of the strategies and tools that you recommend participants and their families use to overcome this challenge
1: well i think if people have the capacity i think it's really important to actually try and read a little bit of of the ndis act and i'm not saying people should a law degree and go through (laughs) it with a fine tooth comb but definitely having a bit of an understanding around reasonable and necessary is a good idea if you can um and the reason i say that is because that is the criteria that the ndis uses to make decisions so the more aware you are of that criteria the more you can help justify what you need either for yourself or your family Um, and i know that it shouldn't have to be that way you know, it shouldn't be our responsibility to use their language but if your end goal is getting the best outcome for yourself or your family uh, i find that's really useful
0: it's seemingly more and more families and people are getting plans back that don't sufficiently cover the supports that they need what advice do you give to people in this situation
1: so again my advice would be around the language so With the NDIS, there are different types of plan reviews. So off the top of my head, there's a scheduled review, there's unscheduled reviews, there's internal reviews. So knowing what type of review you're after is really important because that determines the way you ask the NDIS for the review and also determines what evidence you might need to collect from your therapists or your supports. So, knowing what type of review is probably my number one tip. And then the other tip around that would be once you know what type of review you need or you want, then make sure you try and get the evidence to substantiate and to kind of prove what you need or what you think you need for your child. Um, And often involves getting reports from therapists. Um, And I know sometimes they can be a little bit difficult to read or they might be a little bit sensitive to read as a as a parent or as a person with disability. But I think if you can read the reports yourself and don't feel um, shy about giving feedback about reports because sometimes I've encouraged people to read reports from their therapists and then they've found that the contents of the reports might not have been as accurate as they perhaps should have been or assumed it would have been.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, and it's interesting you say that about reading reports. I kind of make a habit of not reading reports just to protect yeah. my mental <laughs> health yeah, around the yeah. stuff. So I get what you're saying there, but yeah, if it means that you know we're correcting. Things. Um, I think that's very important. So interesting. So, first, I've heard of there being different types of plan reviews at the first stage. Mm -hmm. So, just to give an example, we're about to receive Arlo's new NDIS plan. If we get it back and there's not sufficient funding, say, for his Mm -hmm. support worker hours, what kind of review would we then request?
1: Yeah. So, if you say you asked for three hours of support a day or a week, Mm-hmm. and then you only got one or two, then what you'd review or what you'd ask for is an internal review. And so that's that's where you disagree with what the decision the NDIS made. So that's when you're saying, hey, you got this wrong, you didn't look at the evidence properly, and the internal review is when somebody else from the NDIS looks at the evidence again and sees if they come up with a different suggestion or different result. So in that case, if you're unhappy with the plan, you would generally request an internal review
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you need to do that within 90 days of getting the plan back. Um, but say uh, you uh, had Arlo's plan for six months and things were going well, but then um, maybe, you know, you moved or Arlo moved school or you had some different needs, that's when you might apply for a change of circumstances to review. So that's when you're not saying the NDA has made the wrong decision, but you're saying things have changed in our lives and the disability supports required have changed. Therefore, I want to review earlier than perhaps the one year or two years it was suggested in the plan in the first place.
0: That's really useful to break that down. What then happens if we do an internal review and it comes back and we're still not happy with the plan? What happens then?
1: So if the internal review is upheld, which means that the other person at the NDIS agrees with their colleague and they don't approve the supports that you were initially requesting, then your options are to either get on with life, um, and that's not always a good option because generally you're needing supports. Yes. Um, so the option, apart from that, is to actually go to the AAT. So that's the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. And that is what's happening a lot more recently, where there's been a real spike in cases to the AAT because um, people unfortunately haven't been getting the supports that they need.
0: As Carl mentioned, it seems that more and more people and families are bringing claims to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. So I ask him, what does this process look like?
1: What happens at the AAT? I mean, it could be an entire podcast, um, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's really where you go to court often and you have somebody representing you and somebody representing the NDIS. And ideally, you negotiate to get an outcome that's good for both of you but occasionally goes all the way to a hearing where uh, a lawyer determines to either uphold the NDIS decision or to overturn the NDIS decision and then instate the supports that you requested originally.
0: Wow, so it gets very serious. In your experience of working with participants and families, um, if it gets to this level um, to court hearings, is there much success? Like what would you say the general success rate is for families there?
1: For most people, I believe, they get what they need at the AAT. And yeah. the reason that happens is because it forces the NDIS to actually apply their criteria properly, which I, um, I don't want to sound too cynical, but sometimes they don't actually do that. Um, and when it goes to court or goes to the AAT, they really need to look back on their criteria and make sure they're applying it properly. So in most instances, the AAT goes in favour of the participant or the family, um, which is why it's such an important avenue for people to know about. But it's also really important to know that it can take months to go to this process and it can be really, really draining. And I'm sure you know, Mel, I know you haven't gone through that process yourself with Arlo, but, but even the plan review generally can be quite stressful So you can imagine how stressful the added layer of lawyers and all that, you know, could be. So it's not a recommended option unless, you know, it's really important to you and your family and it shouldn't have to get to that stage, but unfortunately it does.
0: It shouldn't. And I can definitely see why families and participants opt out and maybe go without just to avoid the stress and the time and the energy. Yeah.
1: yeah, but, But it's important to know that it shouldn't be like that. So If there is something wrong, um, make sure, you you know, if you do have the energy, try and speak up about it. And if you can't speak up about it yourself, try and get somebody involved who might be able to do that for you.
0: Yeah, great advice. How do you feel about the NDIS, the potential of the NDIS? And, you know, has it had a positive impact on your own life?
1: Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's honestly been great for me and I think that's why I'm so passionate about trying to help others so they have a good experience as well. Um, so, you know, the whole idea around the NDIS is helping level the playing field, so giving people like myself and, and Arlo and everyone else support they need to live a more ordinary life and the phrase ordinary life is a little bit funny because it doesn't mean you know, the NDIS doesn't make your life extraordinary. Mm. It should just level the playing field. Um, and for me, it, it's been great because it allowed me to move out of my family home. Um, so I was lucky enough to, to, you know, to buy a house, um, not within the NDIS, but I was lucky enough to buy a house. But I couldn't move into it because I didn't have enough support worker hours pre-NDIS. So I had this house um, kind of just sitting there um, but when I got my appropriate NDIS plan, I now had enough support hours to be able to move out into the house, and I think that's a, a good example of of how it should be. You know, it's um, I wasn't asking for government handouts to um to buy a house. I was just wanting the support hours I needed to to actually be able to um, to be me and to yes. live my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good to hear and I think that'll give a lot of, you know, the NDIS gives me a lot of hope, even seeing now how it supports Arlo. You know, if he doesn't want to be permanently tethered to his parents and live with us his whole life, he can live independently if he wants to. And I think that's really hopeful and exciting for families like
1: mine. It's important to remember that the NDIS is here because of people with disability and because of parents, you know, of, of people with disability. And so, you know, you should never feel, feel bad or feel guilty for requesting support. It's something that, you know, is here to, to help make our lives better. And if, if we're not going to fight for it, you know, nobody else is. So, so make sure that you're, you know, you're always um, proud of, of asking for support because it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something that's really empowering, can really help both parents and people with really themselves.
0: In the show notes, you'll find a link to sort your support where Carl and his team are on call to help problem solve any issues you or your family are having while navigating the NDIS. Thank you to Carl for this very informative chat and also to HireUp for supporting me in making this podcast. If you want to learn more about how to get the most out of your kid's NDIS plan, why not come along to HireUp's Navigating the NDIS webinar series on the first Tuesday of each month. To register, check out higherup.com.au forward slash events. Thanks for tuning in to NDIS Know How and I'll catch you again soon.